this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Suma Ainaini. Suma has been recently inducted into the 2016 International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. A Hall of Fame woman's boxer. She's a a former four-time world champion boxer. She was the most avoided female fighter in the world for two years in a row. And now she's gone on to uh, run her own yoga studio in Kansas City. It's an aerial fitness center focusing on circus arts, uh, but she also teaches that among yoga as well as other types of health and fitnesses classes. Suma, welcome. Thank you so much, Callan. Sumaya, for people... Um, you know, you know, you know, people hear that you know you're a Hall of Fame boxer, and you know, and a lot of women, a lot of minorities, uh, definitely, uh, definitely aspire to you know become such a prolific athlete that you have been. Let's let's go back in time. Let's talk about the journey uh, for Samaya. So so let, let let's go back in time and how did Samaya get interested in boxing? Well, my I met my boxing trainer at the time. I met him at a gym in Bally's here in Kansas City. And the first thing he said to me when he came up to me, he said, you should box. You should do something with those muscles besides just look good. And I laughed. You know, it was funny. He was just a guy in the gym. And, I mean, it. A couple, you know, I kept seeing him in the gym again and again, and he kept saying about boxing. And at the time, Tommy Morrison was really big in Kansas City. This was in the 90s, early 90s. And Tommy Morrison was training out of the gym that I met him at. And he just kept saying, kept, and you know, I just, it, it sounded so far beyond. It never entered my mind, first of all, to be a boxer. I, when I was young, I never watched a boxing match. I just wasn't around it it wasn't part of my world you know um but then i had moved to jamaica and when i had with my son and when i came back you know he'd been telling me for years and years and years and years and years a couple years maybe three and then he came down to jamaica when i was there and he, he brought this sports illustrated magazine and christy martin the female fighter was on the cover and he he comes up to me. He didn't even say, hi, how are you doing? What's going on? He throws this magazine at me, and he goes, you can do this. I know you can do this. And I was like, wow. And so I you know, I looked at it, and again, I saw the blood, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And, but when I came home from Jamaica, I, I had no car. I had to move back home with my mom. I had no money. So he came to my house, and he told me, he goes, I got you a fight. It's in three weeks. So that's how it started. He just got me a fight. I said, wow, it paid $400. I could use that. I like to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working out at the time and doing yoga. So it just kind of started like that. Okay. Now, and let's also, let's go in as far as your influences. Um, 
what did your mom think? What did your friends think when you said, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this first fight. Potentially, it may lead me into a boxing career. Were they very supportive, or did they say, you know, I don't think that's a good idea? What was some of that like? Well, they were supportive, but they were worried, of course. You know, I mean, it's not as dangerous. And I had never competed in athlete athletics in high school. I had done, I had competed for about a year, a year and a half when I was in junior college on doing Olympic weightlifting for, you know, a year. And so it just, I think it was more surprising than anything else, you know, because um, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was athletic growing up. I see, I they, see. Yeah, they were supportive. That's great. And, and it's very important to, uh, it's very important to, you know, when, when, when people are supportive, it definitely makes it easier for you to make big decisions. But at, at the same time, uh, it's, it's also great to even uh, do things uh, in the midst of the non-support, you know, because uh, oftentimes we see uh, a lot of people who, who go on to do big things despite the lack of support uh that they receive let's talk about sure. let's talk about that first fight you know what was it like i mean it's your first fight you probably you know you, you never you, know, you never you know box for money before yeah. you know let's let's get inside the mindset of sumia how, how did you feel well i was just so scared you know i mean i had trained for only three weeks and this girl had i think she had four to six fights i don't remember exactly um, you know, so just a lot of nerves. I had never felt that, you know, and I'm just so grateful that I had my yoga practice. I'd already been practicing yoga, so learning tools to deal with anxiety and, and stress and breathing and, um, you know, clarity and focus. Um, so that really helped a lot. Um, yeah, just being really nervous and excited and, you know, yeah, it was really... I see. So it, it was just like a huge collage of different emotions going inside uh, you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's great. You know, and you know what, uh, Sumia, I like how you talked about, you know, how yoga was a tool to kind of help you relax and help you calm down. I'm, a de I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of meditation. And, we, and I feel like we all should explore some type of tool that keeps us balanced, that keeps us level. Uh, so that way, uh, when we, so, so when we embark on these types of things, uh, it makes it a bit easier. How did you learn about yoga? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I, I would imagine back, you know, back, you know, let's say 20, uh, 30 years ago, yoga wasn't as popular as it is now. How did you learn about yoga? Yeah, it wasn't. You know, my mom, when I was little, like in the early 80s, she would have these yoga books and she would she would take us to the dentist office and she would sit on the floor and stretch. Totally embarrassed me at that time, but it also kind of intrigued me. I was like, what is she doing? And then I remember taking a lot of these books and taking them to my dad's house because my parents were divorced. So I'd go to my dad's house every other weekend. I would take the books and I would copy the pictures. But, you know, back then I didn't, I never read the books. I just looked at the pictures and I never really understood the importance of the breathing. And, um, but I remember my mom, I always say she was my first yoga teacher because she, I remember her books and her, the books that she had are now mine and they're books like Richard Heidelman, his yoga book, Lilius Follin. She had, a, I think she had the first television show in America in the seventies. So she's got uh, some of these books are just, you know, amazing. I just am so grateful. And then I started practicing yoga uh, one day a week, you know, doing this Bikram yoga. 
And I, actually, before that, I was in massage school, and the girls and I, in between our classes, we would get on the floor and we would stretch and do stuff. And um, so it just kind of was always just a little bit kind of there. And then I didn't really take it up seriously until I moved to Jamaica and I started teaching down there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was practicing almost every day. Great. So let's go into that first fight. You know, you know, you're into round one. You know, you're you're pacing side to side. She's pacing side to side. You, you both kind of have that look of you know seriousness and determination. And as you said before, you're racing with emotions. How did the first round of your first fight go? Wow. Well, I just remember, you know, just doing doing my best to do what my trainer said, and he was he is such a great trainer and throwing combinations and, uh, you know, just getting him off balance and just, I, I always, you know, looking back, I can see that I was always stronger and in better shape than the girls that I fought. I was always, I, I always felt that, you know, that my, that my, uh, my training was so disciplined. I was very disciplined uh-huh. and so that gave me a lot of confidence. And that plays, uh, Sumi, that definitely plays an important part, uh, discipline. And unfortunately, a lot of people lack discipline. And that's really, uh, as I always talk about, is what makes a difference whether a person reaches the finish line or not. So what was the result of the fight? Did you win? I won the first fight, yeah. And I and then I, I got a rematch with her. She wanted a rematch in her hometown. So mm-hmm. I, I rematched her and I won that fight. Mm-hmm. I just, I just really took it one fight at a time. Uh-huh. I never really planned on becoming a boxer for 10 years, or I never planned on making it my career. I was just one fight at a time. Uh-huh. We'll see what happens. And I like how you outlined that out, Sumya. One fight at a time. It's, 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 it's basically exactly one step at a time. And that's basically how our journey is in life. You know, uh, you know one person always told me, and I, it's great advice, go as far as you can see. And once you get there, you'll see further. And I feel like all of us, we try to, as much as we, we like to be idealistic, we try to, you know, plan, you know, three years, and five years out. And often, you know, we may have a five-year plan, but it never goes the way as we intended. You only have to see as far as the headlights. Mm-hmm. And you can take a journey of a thousand miles that way. You know, you'd only, so exactly what you said, you just mm-hmm. only need to see so far. But at the same time, you do have to have a greater vision. So like kind of know where you like when I'm taking that journey in my car in the dark, I know I'm driving to San Diego. So I have a route planned, you know, but then along the way things, you know, I may have to take a detour. Start with a free audio book. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the audible banner to get your free audio book. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Is de- I have to detour somewhere. So you take that single step, and a lot of times you have that vision of the end, but then there's little detours that come along that you have to be able to be willing to change and flow through. Well said. So let's talk about let's let, let's let's go after the second fight. So you had the rematch with the boxer. Um, uh, you, you won that as well. Now 
Now, you know, what what was it like? Did you get a few, did you get a few more of those type of fights? At what point did you start kind of entering kind of the more uh, semi-professional leagues? Well, I really didn't think until about my sixth fight with a girl named Stacy Prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been a former world champion. She had fought Christy Martin, and um, it, it's so interesting. She, she fought Christy Martin. Christy Martin, before the announcer announced the winner, Christy Martin stormed out of the ring because she thought she lost. Well, she ended up winning, so she came back. So Stacy Prestige was just a force in the early 90s, you know, late 80s, probably early 90s, uh, back with Andrew DeShong, Christy Martin, um, Bridget Riley, some of these girls that predated, started before I did. Mm. And um, when I beat her, that's when I had a little more kind of, okay, you know, I have some potential here. And But again, it was just the continuous, you know, daily practice of exploring that potential and not looking too far ahead, trying to stay with it moment to moment. And that's great. Uh, a, a daily practice of uh, exploring uh, your potential, and that really, and that really correlates uh, with that. There is no, I mean, now there is some, there is some rare cases overnight success, but that's very rare. It's, it's not common. Uh, it's not common at all. Uh, and, and really, what makes the difference uh, whether a person reaches uh, the finish line uh, is, as, as, you, as you saw before, you know. Uh, you know, taking one step at a time, and through each step you're having a having an end of mind, having a vision, and through each step that you're taking, exploring your potential. Because who knows? You know, as you're taking these steps forward, your vision may change over time, and, and it often happens with a lot of people. A lot of people they have this uh, initial intention, but who knows? Uh, a few years later, they shift off to something completely different. Yes, yeah, it's it's funny. There's a quote out there, something like. It took me 20 years to become an overnight success. You know, some of these people who, like you look at singers or songwriters and they've been working and playing in the bars and going from tour to tour and then finally they get their big break and they're all of a sudden they're an overnight success. So it is, it's it's that discipline and uh, just one step at a time. Keep at it, keep at it. Keep believing in your dreams. Keep be, you know, to me it's all about the discovery of the potential. That's what yoga is. Yoga is a science and an art of discovery of the human potential. And we all are destined with a great, great destiny, with a great, great uh, dharma. And I think I've always been inspired by that that seeking of doing the best that I can be in any moment, you know, in anything I'm doing. So, you know, yoga has taught me, because it's a lifestyle, it's taught me to be focused and as good as I can when I'm on the yoga mat. And then you take that off the mat and you, you, you be as conscious and the best you can be in your relationships and then you take that into your work whatever work you do you you want to be the best that you can be mm-hmm. yeah now this is now this is interesting uh, uh sumia we'll, we'll explore this now you've really found yoga to be helpful uh very instrumental in helping you succeed as a boxer now traditionally um you know, I, you know, I've seen this in maybe some limited respects, but often I see this in a lot of uh, movies uh, where they try to like create kind of uh, biographies of these boxers. And usually, it's kind of the 
almost traditional and where they kind of it's more like you know you know it's, it's not like how you kind of have the more soothing uh kind of modality of yoga it's more like you know it's like they have this you know this kind of this you know heavy music going on kind of pump them up and you know, I, I, and, it, and it's typically more i mean if if you if you if, if you uh not sure if you understand what i'm trying to say but it's typically more of a traditional way of trying to, you know, get 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 inspired, get motivated, and and uh, I, you know, if you know, I would like you to take the opportunity to perhaps, you know, uh, compare the differences and to kind of help the audience understands, you know, the pros, the cons, and ultimately which one you think is better. Well, that's an interesting question. I, you know, boxing is a martial art. A martial art is any practice that is about um, that exploration of self, and and the opponent has always been me. I'm my worst opponent. My mind, my what I think about myself, that my self-limiting patterns, my self-limiting thoughts, my self-negating thoughts and tendencies. And so, for me, a martial art is whenever I was stepping in the ring with an opponent, I really knew it was I was stepping in the ring against myself. It's like and when I see what you're talking about, like the the bravado, sometimes there's this bravado of I'm so tough, and you know <laughs> I I would see it all the time at the weigh-ins. You know the guys get in each other's face, yeah, or the, even the girls. <laughs> the girls would try to copy that and get in their face, and I I never did that. I never did the stare downs in the ring, and I never I always felt that whenever an athlete, a boxer, did that, that there was a little bit that showed their weakness that showed their insecurity that showed the lack of confidence in themselves and i don't i I don't i I never had that i felt i mean i was scared getting in but i think fear can be a very great motivator and i was confident in my own training and in my ability and in my trainer that i didn't have to go in there and try to intimidate somebody in that way i was very calm and before the fight you know i mean and plus i think that kind of you know, bravado, you're you're wasting energy. There, you know, in yoga, you learn about the adrenal system and the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight, mm-hmm. which is what I need to survive when I'm in the boxing ring. I've got to be able to fight or flight. But if I'm if I'm wasting energy before a fight, getting trying to get all in their face and trying to be all bad, I'm wasting my energy reserves. Mm-hmm. And I want to store those energy reserves. I want to have all my adrenaline and my adrenal function perfectly 100% when I get in the ring. So for me to be, be able to stay calm and relaxed before I get in the fight so that when I get in there, I've got my 100% tank, That that's what I want. And so it's just, it's and again, it's a, it's a, it's a mental, to me it was a, a burning of mental energy, a waste of mental energy when I would see fighters do that. I thought, Gosh, you know, just imagine if they just took that energy in. So I always tried to do that. I did. I never, I never, you know, I was always the one smiling and trying to, you know, kid with them before the fight. And it didn't always work. <laughs> it didn't always work, you know, but some of the girls were awesome. Like Jane Couch, she, her and I, she and I, we sat down. She taught, it was just, we, we were just kidding and talking and laughing. Britt Van Buskirk, another really great, just chill down to earth you know and I think the girls that did do that intimidating thing I think a lot of times they just kind of copied it from the men's box and they, they thought that that's what it, boxing was supposed to be like yeah 
I really always thought women would bring something a little different to the sport in that way. Want the full episode? You can get it, among other benefits, when you become our premium radio subscriber. Go to patreon.com forward slash Callen. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash K-A-L-L-E-N. When you go to patreon.com forward slash Callen, choose one of the premium subscription levels for it's just another tool to help you reach your finish line. Absolutely, and it molded you to be a, a fantastic boxer and, and now a Hall of Famer. That's definitely uh, amazing to hear. So uh, I believe you said this was uh, Chrissy Preston that you beat. Uh, once, you, once you defeated her, you know, let's talk about the, the next steps after, because I believe from there, that's where you start really making strides. Yeah, so with Stacy Prestige, okay. that was one year after I started boxing, I beat her. She was a former world, cha- world champion boxer. And then my next step up was Andrea DeShong, who had fought Christy Martin, and I think she fought Stacy Prestige as well. And I beat her. And then my next step up was Christy Martin. That was uh, the girl that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which was so interesting because that was the magazine my trainer had brought down to Jamaica and said, you can do this. I know you can do this. So I got a chance to fight her. It was supposed to be on uh, uh, see Showtime or let me think. It's supposed to be on a big card. I forget, a big TV fight. I don't remember mm-hmm. um, off the HBO, top of my head. HBO, maybe ESPN. H- not HBO, not ESPN. I guess it was Showtime. Yeah, Showtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she ended up, I went to Vegas. We were all ready to go. And she pulled out of the fight on the day of the fight. My, we got a call saying the fight was off. We go downstairs. You know, she was, uh, you know, she was supposedly sick. And then there she was at the ring talking next to Don, talking to Don King. And it was just a big mess. So I didn't get that chance on TV. But I, the contract said that I had to fight her. They had to fight me or pay me within a month. So I got a chance to fight her in December in Lauderdale, and I beat her there. And that really was when I, when I started to really know that my trainer had been always right, that this was something I could do. But, I, but then there was always also still that little bit of, which I think is a very healthy thing to have, a little bit of, uh, not I don't want to say doubt, but just I always knew that, there was always work to be done. I never wanted to feel like, oh, I got here, mm-hmm. you know, because I always wanted to keep that drive to keep going, you know. And when you get to the top, mm-hmm. this, this is, there's that saying that when you get to the top, it's harder to stay at the top mm-hmm. than it was to get there. Indeed. So that was always a drive for me, too. So then I fought another girl on ESPN within a few months, and I beat her. And so just step fight by fight, I kept taking. Great. So let's go into Let's let's delve in there, uh, Sumya. Um, now, as you know, as you were winning fight after fight, fight after fight, obviously you became more famous, you became more prolific. Often, unfortunately, what I see happen to most athletes, most you know, even let's say musicians, you know, they start attaining all that success, is they allow their, their they, they come in a way they become egotistical. You know, in a way they kind of lose their sense of being down to earth. In a way, they kind of lose their sense of themselves. You know, they, their personality starts to change. Uh, Two-part question. Did that happen to you? Or, and have you seen it happen to others? 
I do not know. It didn't happen to me because I always knew that whatever I was doing, I w- it was it was coming through me. I was just the instrument, mm-hmm. and so I always felt just grateful that I had whatever opportunities I have and continue to have to this day, even though I've been retired from boxing for so long. You know, my business. I, I'm just grateful that I have an opportunity to continue to explore my potential in a in a new way. And you know, I think that practice of yoga that has always been so pivotal to me is the philosophy of yoga and how you know that we're on this path the spiritual path again i say of discovering our potential physically mentally emotionally and spiritually and and you know there really is no finish line in that in that in that quest uh-huh. and i really think so i know you're your, your book, Reaching the Finish Line, well, <laughs> you've heard the saying, you know, there is no finish line mm-hmm. because one the height of one mountain, you look across, there's a taller one, you know. And so I always loved that. I always loved that about yoga, that the more I deep, the more I dig into it, the, the more I see there is to learn. Mm-hmm. Same with athleticism. Every time I want to fight, I, I still knew that there was more potential I had, that I could still get my footwork better, I could still work on my hand speed, I could still work on my strength, throwing my combinations. It was, it was, always, it was always just that quest to just see what I could do. For sure. Um, and, and, you know, I hope I, that answered your question. Oh, absolutely. I state this from time to time, uh, but reaching the finish line is kind of a play, it's, it's, it's a play on words and where that a lot of people, you know, obviously I attract a lot of people that think, oh, if I just make it at this point, everything will be okay and I'll be happy. I don't have to do anything else. And often I attract that crowd, which is, which, which is, which is what I want. But at the same time, uh, as human beings, uh, we are insatiable creatures. We're, we're, we're always going to have desires. And just because a person uh, reaches a certain point, often a person is still hungry for more. They want to try something else. They want to try something different. So, so, for example, a person may, you know, okay, a person may say, hey, you know, I want to I wanna publish my own book. And a person, they reach the finish line and publish in their book. But now they may want to do something else, you know, okay, I, I now exactly. want to publish 10 books, you know. So, exactly. so I, I get I, I, th- Isn't that awesome? It is. It definitely is. It's awesome. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, so reaching the finish line is, is kind of way it's a play on words. You know, it definitely, it definitely attracts a certain uh, crowd. Yeah. But I, I use it, it as an opportunity uh, to again explain the concept that we are insatiable uh, human beings, and that uh, you know. But that's the whole. That's the whole joy of desire. That's the whole joy mm-hmm. of the journey of life. I love it. I love that reaching the finish line, the way you described that. And I yeah. do. I feel the same way. You know, in the yoga path that we talk about, it says in the, in the text, you know, that to give up all desires except for the desire for God. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like, you know, to me, you know, God is, is unlimited. You know, God is love. Mm-hmm. God is, you know, is everything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I feel like that exploration is what we're all here for. Absolutely, absolutely. So you got past, uh, you know, after after the fight that you won on the ES, ESPN, um, was 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 that the point in where you first got awarded uh, as one of uh, being one of the most avoided fighters in the world? 
You know, I don't think that was, no, because that was 1999. Okay. And I didn't win that award until I think it was 2002 and 2003. I so see. in 2002, um, I had a big year. You know, it was I fought three three girls, I believe, that were, you know, all ranked in the top five or ten, and I beat them, and I, I think I, I KO'd both of, two of them, Lisa Holloway and Jane Couch, and I feel like that was when I won the first year of that, and then the second year. I see. You, you probably still got the moves, too, right now. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hope to think so, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm always moving and staying active. That's the great thing is, you know, I'm doing I'm teaching silks now. Yeah. I'm teaching yoga still and weights and I teach boxing. And so you, you, I think I think you never lose the moves. It's kind of like when you learn how to ride the bike, mm-hmm. you never forget, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I'm actually training my son now. My son is an, am- an amateur champion. He's going to be awesome. He is awesome. Mm-hmm. And if people want to follow you on social media or maybe get in t- contact with you by going to your website, how would they do that? Yeah, my my e my personal website is sumaya s u m y a dot com. And then that will take you to my business website, IamLearningToFly.com, the number two. And I've, uh, you know, my email's there, and I, I love to hear from me. I have a Facebook page, and I've got, my son is going to help me to get more. I'm on Instagram as well, and some of these other social medias. But like you were saying earlier, it can be exhausting. So I'm, I'm, I'm focused on Facebook a lot right now, and my son will help me get a little more up to speed on some of the other ones. Um, but always email, can call me, and yeah yeah great sumia thank you for being our guest thank you callan so much for your letting me be on the show and for last week thank you so much for your patience with me getting on skype and all this stuff you're amazing thank you for listening just another great episode by callan diggs best-selling author and career strategist has seen at fast company and ink magazine if you're not an email list you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.